Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. All right, this is episode 85 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have, um, I was telling the, the girls that worked here in the office, Nicole obviously knows you, Nicolette yep. doesn't know you, yep. and I said, so it's Tiffany Garcia, um, and I, Tiffany's one of those people, and this is, anytime I see you, I instantly get excited, because you have like, you're always like excited, and a smile, and peppy, and such a like pleasant person, so I told them like, when I was talking, I'm like, oh, Tiff's coming in, and I instantly got excited that you were coming in to do the podcast. And then Nick goes, I can't wait to meet her. And then, of course, Nicole knows you. So um, we're happy to have you here. And Thank you for having me. So, Tiffany, for people who do not know you, um, give us the like your version of how you became 2020 Tiffany Garcia. Well, what I would say is how I got here today is um, I'm a North Country girl, born and raised. Um, I love the Adirondacks. It was a big part of my bringing up by my dad. And I've always really wanted to stay working Um, whatever I did in life, I always wanted to give back to my community. And I really think that's brought me to where I am today as far as working for a locally owned business as Northern Insuring, plus also being part owner of Claire and Carl's. I am a firm believer, as you, is doing everything locally to keep it in your community and just watching it grow. So I would have to say that's pretty much, I would have, I don't know if it's the word I'm looking for, but kind of like my my logo as well as yours and I don't want to take your hashtag you can you can, you can hashtag <laughs> but it. everything I've done that's brought me to where I am today and the involvement that I have in my community is because I eat live and breathe the north country and I think that's just a really big part of me and I I want to instill the same thing in my daughter so you went you grew up in Peru I grew up in Peru I went to Peru um we I went to Clinton Community College stayed local again mm-hmm. and um it's just I saw the opportunity to leave. And then when I was 19, I met my husband and we just started building a life here. And it's just kind of, it's now it's 2020. So, so you, you've always stayed in the area then. So never, never like a year away or half year. No. Um, so I'm very similar. I've never left. Um, I mean, I've traveled and done stuff, but not Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. And I really, I stayed in the area because I just didn't want to spend money to go to college. I was like one of those kids. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I'm like, I'll go to college, whatever. And then I ended up staying here. And it was kind of like I had family here, which was important. But I was a homebody, which it sounds like you were, where it's like I have parents, I have cousins, I have grandparents, I have all these people. And I want to get – like I basically want to have kids and I want to have a family at some point. I don't want to be away from family when I have family because I enjoyed my grandparents, my cousins growing up. So it's – and as parents now, it's like so nice to have a support system at home. Because that's the hardest thing. I think if I lived away, it's just not having a mom or grandparents or whatever, or even aunts and uncles to watch the kids. So long story short, over the last 10 years, like I'm totally fine. I met my wife, same thing, local girl, and and then like living here. And I don't ever see myself moving ever. Like weather, we might complain about the weather, but I'll be honest. My sister was up here. She doesn't live here anymore. She lives down in more Southern um, 
one season place and she's like, I really miss the seasons. I have to have them in my life. I have to have it to feel it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you need the fall, you need the leaves for the hiking. You have to see that. You need the, you need the snow to enjoy Christmas. What, what's your favorite season? I would have to say my favorite season is fall. I, do you think if we were to pull everybody in the North country, how much of a percentage of fall would win? I'm a fall guy. Like right now, this is my, minus the rain and wind today, this is my jam. I would say probably over 40. You think, I think it's higher. You think so? I think the lowest season would be spring because nobody cares about, it's, up here it's too muddy. Yucky. Winter, if you like skiing and stuff, that's fine, but you're probably getting summer and you're getting fall. And the only reason I like fall over summer is because I hate humidity and I hate the warmth. I like warm. I don't like sweaty and humidity and like black flies and stuff. I, I don't know. We've got avid skiers here. Do you I, ski? I don't, but I'm going to get my daughter on skis this year. Have you ever skied? Yes. Okay. I skied before I had back surgery a long time ago. I, I, I learned that on the sheet and actually I had a sheet on you that I kind of had background just in case I like stumble and don't know of something and I forgot it over there, but whatever. That was one of them. You had back surgery for, you can, you can talk about that if you want. Was it? Scoliosis as a kid really bad. Um, I have two rods in my back. I was actually one of the first cases in uh, Shriners in Montreal to put the new Harrington rods in. Okay. So I g- gained three and a half inches in height. I, yeah. I was about to ask you, how high did you grow? Yeah. So it was, it's actually, it was life changing for me and I skied before that, but I just remember I was a little crazy on, on, on the mountain. So I've been nervous to do it up until this point, but I mean, just do it. Right. So yes. Now <laughs> have you been, where'd you go skiing? Um, Tremblant. Oh, so you're up. I, I've never been there, but I, I've been to Titus, which is fairly easy. And then I went to Whiteface. I just consider myself like I'm, I'm a, I'm a dad now. So my thing is I go, I get a like, slight adrenaline rush and I don't get hurt. And if I can go to the mountain and not get hurt and not really fall down, I'm fine. That's a win. I like high five people. I'm like, I'm excited. Safe. I, I'm safe. I'm not fast. I'm not a daredevil. I'm not jumping. I am. I'm the guy that will coast in the back and just kind of be like the old man skier, but I get down and I'm safe and I'm like, I'm good. I can walk to my car. I'm not hurt the next day. I can get up. Right. It doesn't hurt to get up with the kids and play with the kids. Cause yeah. I think as you get older, um, and it's your daughter's two, you said two, right? a little over two, almost two and a half. So are you to the full on, like just chasing her everywhere? Everywhere. I keep, I, I, no joke. Like my life, cause Carrie works a lot in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I joke around and I say I'm a single mom, but realistically I'm not, but my job every day is to keep her alive and feed her snacks. Like that's what it is. And she's busy. So, so, okay. So when you first had your daughter at what moment, and this is different from a dad's to moms, like what moment did you really feel like mom? Did you feel like mom, like in pregnancy or was pregnancy kind of one of those deals where you're like, like anybody, it's like, I'm just struggling through this. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's, you know, it's long, it's nine months. It's like, I want my body back. I want my life back. Or did you find like the moment you had the baby, like you had your daughter, did that feel like I'm now mom or did you kind of like, what was your like take on that? I will have to say. Because we're both new parents. At the, so, yeah. Very which is fun. It's, it's a blast. It is. Every day is so amazing. <laughs> I mean, every day she, she teaches me something new about myself, but um, especially patience. But I would say that <laughs> the moment it became really real for me was when I got the belly. Like I, I knew I was growing something and I knew I was going to be a mom, yeah. but I was raised by my dad. So it was very, my growing up was very masculine, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. fishing, all of that stuff. And when I felt that feeling and just saw my belly and I was just like, it was that moment of connection. 
in every day like that she's been on this planet. It's just been amazing. Is she talking a lot now? Oh my God, yeah. We had her, like, best part of COVID. I had her potty trained in March, so it was three months before her second birthday. That's crazy. It was. My son, like... With the exception of what now he's starting to go into the bathroom when he's with me, which is kind of weird to like be peeing and having your kid like looking up at you. But he's there. He's trying to figure it out. And he's uh, he has no interest in going on. the Like we have a little potty. He tried like, do you want to go? He's like, yep. And no. And it's like, okay, tell us if you have to go to the bathroom. Like that doesn't happen. So um, there's been a couple times he's just peed. He had no diaper on like after a bath. And all of a sudden he'll just go somewhere and he'll just pee. And he doesn't really know it. He kind of gets nervous because... Yeah, think of it. They have a diaper on. They don't see themselves peeing. They just pee and it goes in a diaper, but it's like sight unseen. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting there and it's like, he's peeing. He's like, what's going on right now? Yeah. And then he just kind of leaves and then he'll come get us and be like, uh, he goes, I peed. And I'm like, what? And he's like, he'll go point. And I'm like, okay, I'll pick it up. Good thing is at that age, it doesn't really like, doesn't smell. It's kind of pretty much right. clear liquid. So yeah. So uh, my trick, this is what I did. And my grandma told me and my dad told me in generations, you take the pot and you let them run around naked and you put it in the middle of the floor. Because it's the biggest thing is they have to know how to feel it. Mm-hmm. And then once they get that, it was like instantly with Joey. Feel what? You mean having like to go? Like just have the feeling. Because that's the biggest thing is they don't know how to recognize that feeling. And usually boys are a little bit more delayed than girls. So when you talk about putting like the little potty thing in the center of the... Is it just so they can see it? See it. So it's like if you have to go, just you got to sit on that. They'll sit on it even if they and don't And she have picked to go. right up on that. Yeah. That's amazing. So excited. So when she first went, like when she first peed, was that like the greatest moment ever? Yeah. Tic Tacs are amazing too. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was M&M's. Is it Tic Tacs? No, it was like, Tic Tacs. I don't know what it was. She just saw him one day and I was like, oh, here's a special treat. So now it's like her jam. The So the, the thing with parenthood, because you always think in your head, you're like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to bribe my children. You you bribe your children. Oh Cause, my God. Because like, I think at a certain point in time, kids... God love them, drive you to the brink of insanity at times. And Agreed. I'll be honest, I'm a pretty patient person. And I hold my shit together pretty well. And Gina's not a patient person, and she does a very good job at holding her patience. But there's times where we both are like, dude, you got to stop. Like yesterday, eating pizza. He like looks at me, hey, dad, hey, dad. And I'm like eating. I'm like, what, buddy? What, buddy? And if I'm not looking at him, it's like, dad, hey, dad. dad. And I'm like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, ah, and just smile. Thanks. Like, you don't do anything wrong, but I'm like, buddy, just eat. Just eat your food. I got it. So it's like moments like that, and that's not even that bad. No. But it's just it's stuff that drives you up the wall. But then you, then they sit there, and they hug you, and they kiss you, and they're like, like, oh, God. Oh. Just a, a million things. But then I'm like, dude, like, can we just be normal all the time? Like, just, But then no. he's got to, like, blow his steam off, and then he's mm-hmm. got to push his sister, and then he's got to hit somebody and slap our dog. And I'm like, buddy, you, you got to. Rain it in. Yeah, then be like, can you watch uh, Boss Baby before bed? I'm like, I'll watch Boss Baby with you before bed. It's a blast. Mickey. Mickey is Joey's jam. I feel you. Mickey. Is it like old school Mickey? Mm, Just the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But it's like old, like is there a new remake of it? New remake, yeah. But she still loves it and it's so educational. Yesterday, talking about pushing patience with Joe. It's she's really good at it and she's going to be a great salesperson. So maybe she'll be on Team Northern for sales or Team Kavanaugh. I don't know, but she swindles me and she gets me. So I'm learning patience with that. But also yesterday she looks at me and she goes, mommy, I listen. I have treat now. And I was just like, how did you just win that battle? Like you wonder and they do, they push your, I have patients that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's just like the most amazing thing though. Cause you're like, I could never do this at work. (laughs) I don't have this much patience. No, I know. It's just cause you're like, it's something weird when I first, 
you first have a kid. I remember my son being born because he was our oldest. As soon as he was born, like in my head, like there's something that goes off in you as a parent. It's like a biological something you, I do, cannot explain, but it's just like, okay, I'm a parent now. Mm-hmm. And it's the oddest thing. And of course, I'm not carrying this baby around for nine months. But as soon as he came out, it was like, okay, this is my kid. I never held babies before. As soon as I picked him up, I'm like, this is my kid. Like, not my daughter. I like throw around like a rag doll because I'm like, I kind of got it. She's not going to break. number two, right? Yeah, number two is like, sorry, kid, but you're just going to get all the bumps and just neglect and everything else because we're not paying attention as much. But uh, it was like, as soon as you saw him, that was it. I was like, dad, dad, dad. And and really just kind of like kicks the rest of your life in the drive or um, into like perspective. And then you just... You better use of your time, better use of like you punt stuff that's not needed in your life because now you got this person that takes up so much of your life. So it's, mm-hmm. and it's the idea of just like, okay, Saturday night, what do you want to do? I'm like, honestly, I'm exhausted. Let's just sit here and watch TV and go to bed at 9.30. And that's and a order win. pizza so we don't have to cook. Exactly. Like, I go to bed at 9.30 and I'm like, this is early. This is great. I'll be able to wake up in the morning and not feel hungover or not feel tired or groggy. It's amazing. It is. My husband it, says it best. I have to tell you this. You have a you have a child and nothing in your life changes, if you mm-hmm. think about it, because you have your same job, you drive your same yep. car generally, you live in the same house, yep. you do the same thing, you go to the same bank, same grocery store, but everything in your life changes. Yeah. So just like you're skiing, before yeah. you might have been a maniac, but now you're like, yeah. I have a kid that relies on me, so I have to put it into perspective and take care of myself. Yes. My, my, my golf game has faltered. So it's like a lot of stuff that you just kind of push and uh-huh. push to the end and like, there's so many things like TV or watching stuff. And I'm like, I can't because, you know, and it, one of my friends just had their third child and he told me, he goes, listen, I know it from six to nine o'clock every night. I don't do a thing. I'm not getting anything done. I go home. I hang out with the kids, put them to bed. Then I'll get some stuff done. I go to bed, wake up early, get some other stuff done. Yeah. Same thing. Like the morning, night, nap time grind is like. When kids nap, you don't nap. That's when you're like, let me get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then they're up and like, okay, I got four hours of just nothing. Organize your life. Yeah. Pick up after the chaos, the tornado in the living room, or just business, whatever you need to do at it's that point. It's tornado in the living room every night. The amount of times I've stepped on stuff and cursed something, I'm just like, now I get it. Like, it's not even Legos yet, which, God, I can't wait till I step on those. But it's just stuff. I'm like, how is there so much stuff in our house? And I tell Gene all the time, I'm like, we just got to purge like, mm-hmm. or we got to put stuff down in the basement. They don't even know about it. We'll pull it out three months later and get rid of the rest of the stuff and they won't know the difference and there's way too much. So, okay. Baby talk. That's fine. We're, we just, so any, the last two people that are still on this podcast, we're only 13 minutes in, but thanks for sticking with us through the childhood stuff. Um, so Northern sharing, you work there. You have yes. kind of two different, two different hats now. So Claire and Carl's own a business, Northern sharing, Obviously, like an employee of a company and a fairly large company from a local standard, and I would actually think probably a very big benchmark company locally when it comes Extremely. down to yeah. Like I, I look at our company and try to grow our company, but I think someone that you, and I don't know the history a lot of Northern Sharing, but obviously they're a company that has grown tremendously, but their roots are still very much. Is this their main office? Like- this is their main office. We have three different locations. The first location branch was in Osable. Um, oh, wow. We are coming up on our, we are in our 90th year of business. Our main location is Plattsburgh. We just um, shifted. We do have now a branch in Lake George, excuse me, Glens Falls. And then we also have our um, location in Potsdam. Okay. Years was in Messina. Um, as far as the market and the location of people, it was best to move to Potsdam. So that location's been there. We're going on year four now. It's really taken off. The community is super involved in it. They've definitely partnered there yeah. with the chamber, this, um, the chamber locally. I mean, our team is amazing. I'm very blessed to work there. 
we have a support system and the amount of resources that they give us to help our clients, educate our clients, and just be part of the community is a big portion of why I went to Northern. So you've been there for four years now or five years? Going on six. Six. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Because I remember, because you dabbled in real estate for a couple of years, right? And then you kind of, I think that was your, you shifted right to Northern yeah. Sharing. So um, so I've known you well, a little bit over six years now, but it doesn't seem that long. Like It doesn't. It, like when I said four, I was like, I might be off, I might be three years. So six, that's crazy. Um, so going there, so what, like working at Northern, how do you feel that ties into obviously being grown up? locally but how do you connect with the people locally because obviously they do a lot of they're involved in the community they're involved I mean, in everything so do everything. you do you jump at those opportunities all the time any opportunity yeah. i get obviously you know i'm part of the i'm in the group of north um is it the north country connection program for yeah, this yeah. it's been a little odd with covid but i we, mean we're making it work we're i trying. think i think they're trying to bring it back i i did i just rsvp'd to a couple of them yeah but there's that i mean they give us a platform to be part of any organization we want to be currently i'm in the plattsburgh lions club um and it as far as work time they like us to donate our time so that is huge for me because i'm doing stuff again locally for my community mm -hmm. i'm parting i'm part of the stepping out for your heart committee um through the foundation which i absolutely love so they just give you a platform to give back to the community they don't dock your time if you miss it for it they they just want to support you and what you love because they understand that health and wellness is a part big part of you being successful yeah inside the business do, do you find because one of the, like when Nicole and Nicolette came on, I was basically like, like, well, when do we start? When do we finish? I'm like, I, I don't, I really don't care when you're here or just as long as the work gets done. So I try to be open where if, you know, if you have family stuff or you have kids stuff, like, you know, your kid's sick, that's fine. like be with your kid. Like it's family more important, trust me, it's more important than anything we're doing here. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you're in real estate. There's nothing that's really uh, earth shattering in real estate. Clients might think so, but there's nothing like it, it can wait. And um, I've really found that, I like companies that are like that. And I think that's kind of a new spin on, because we always grew up, it was like you punch a clock, you win, you leave. And there's still people like that, but I mm -hmm. find like the more low-key local businesses or smaller businesses really kind of, they have, like they know everybody there. So like you're like, you're high, the highest people in your um, structure know the lowest people in the structure by first name, basis, family, stuff like that. It makes a difference when you have to run home to your daughter and they're like, that's fine. She's sick, take the day off, work from home, whatever, get by. And I think COVID- like you obviously worked from home for COVID, right? For 16 years. I think that Northern, so back to the, I think is what we're trying to get to is the micromanaging. Northern mm -hmm. doesn't do that at all. They're, they're very similar to you in the laid back atmosphere is mm -hmm. when you're, when you start the appointment process there is it's like a five or six interview process because you go, you interview from the top to the bottom. So they want to make sure most importantly that you're a fit for them, but they're also a fit for you because it's very family owned mm -hmm. so it's like internally it's like a family like you have a small family here it's, mm -hmm. it's not your actual family but yes yeah. it's the same thing they don't micromanage you they give you you have your your set um items that you know your boxes you have to check but as long as you're doing it they're going to support you in any aspect that you need to um so now how does figuring in like Claire and Carl, because you said that's mostly your husband that does a lot of that, but you're probably still involved somewhat here and there. Um, so do you find that that's like a different balance? Because it kind of gives you two viewpoints of work, you know, from like an, an owner 
with employees to an employee from a company and like how does that merge together how have you found time with that so really i'm going to so it comes in the insurance world of risk management mm -hmm. really is um seeing this side of insurance and helping people protect their biggest financial interest mm -hmm. so i love doing that with clients in the community because i know that they're probably scraping their savings together to embark on their huge dream which is exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. So I can take the insurance aspect and put it in place with that and protect our biggest financial interest. But yes, it goes back to taking those nap times to pay the bills for yeah. the restaurant, yeah. staying up late to get a deposit ready, mm -hmm. um, running the husband out, spices on a quick break. So it's definitely a juggle, but I take one, one career and I help it with the other one. Do, and sense. do you find that it's given you more perspective too, knowing that you've gone through the process? Because... Same thing in real estate. You deal with people. I understand it, but then the hardest, one of the best sales of my career was literally selling our house and buying our own home. Not because I was very good about stepping back from it, but I was on the side of I could see the whole picture now. Because you don't, you sell homes, but it's not like you buy homes every day. So when you finally do buy your own home or sell or buy, it kind of puts things back into perspective for you because it's like my wife's not in the industry. So when she's getting nervous or stressed out or questioned, I mean, it was good that she could just like dump it all on me. But at the same time, it, it made me open my eyes like, okay, I know how people are feeling. And I try to empathize with them that like when they're stressed out or where's the closing date or where is this or what's happening? It's like they had a lot of moving parts going on. They're moving, they're packing, there could be health concerns, could be job concerns, could be kids in school. And you got to be coming from a position that you understand where they're coming from. And if they're getting short with you or getting pissed at you, it's like, they're not mad at you. They're mad at the situation. They just have to take it out on somebody. And usually, so I'm sure you get a lot of that or can get that in insurance, but it, does that, do you find that the Claire and Carl's process of going through it or even just living it now allows you to like, when someone's opening up, like you said, taking a leap of faith and opening your own business is not a small act. Like that's no, a big, that's a big huge. commitment. It's and huge. So what do you find, like, do, is that the kind of people you work with? Like a lot of small businesses? I like, Yeah. I work with all small businesses. I think it's, it's my, it's the fate, my favorite part of my job yeah. is building the relationship and seeing people's passion. But I also say, yes, in your situation with buying and selling your own home, it's, it's also with, I can insure the same business twice mm -hmm. that's sold and I reinsure it because I get the referral, but it can be a completely different process because mm -hmm. things have changed throughout that process. So I think it's just over the years of the experience that I've had, it, it's helped me calm clients yeah. when it comes to it. Because as you know, home, uh, you have an inspection. So I always have inspections and I've, I've, with all of my clients, everything's inspected for insurance because a company yeah. wants to make sure they're not insuring a Corvette when they're insuring a Geo Metro or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But I think that over time, it's just, I really enjoyed learning to help my clients learn the process and not get the misconception of insurance because I think that can be a thing. Well, I think anything with sale, like insurance, like insurance is one of those things that I get just like gloss over because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't, I don't know the process that well. It's not something, and I'll be honest, it's not a very sexy product. You're buying no. insurance and it's like, it's something that you don't want until you need it kind right. of, or you don't think, or you know what I mean? Or you know the saying, like you don't, it's not, someone's not rushing out to buy insurance. They don't get excited when they buy insurance. So like you get health insurance, they're like, great. You get life insurance. You're like, mm. great. I have it, but it's not like, you're more pumped to go buy a new pair of shoes. Like, exactly. so <laughs> how have you found with that? Cause 
that's a different industry. Like we sell a house and people live in a house. That's a huge purchase. They're super excited. Probably one of the most excited they'll ever be. And then you like, you write a policy for someone and it's like, do you find that where's the emotion with people okay. on that? That's I want to hear I this. Come like, in. Yes. You know how you say I'm excited? Yes. I bring it to the table. Good. Every time. And that's, that was my next follow up. So go ahead. That, I do it. I bring it to the table every time because I know they're scared. Yeah. I know they're so scared and that they're making a huge investment that they won't know will be successful for about five years. So I sit down with them and I give them, we'll say the nuts and bolts of the policy mm -hmm. because really I'm selling you something that's not tangible at all mm -hmm. until you need it. Yep. You're getting a few pieces of paper that you're never going to look over and it's going to go in the filing cabinet. That's my job. Mm -hmm. I have to sit down with you. I have to explain to you what you're purchasing, whether it's property, whether it's liability, whether it's commercial auto, you mm -hmm. know, but you have to understand what you're buying you, in, in order to make it exciting. You have to say, I'm really doing this. I need to protect it because that's what I'm going to help you do. And I think that I get excited about it, which is kind of crazy because it's insurance, <laughs> but, it's, but it's because I believe it. And I've seen it. I've seen it work so many times. So, and that was the other thing. Do you find, I think you're like this. I, you probably were like this when you did real estate too. That real estate, when I came in 10 years ago, real estate was the stuffiest business I've ever been in. And I'm like, and it still is. And there's some old school agents, God love them. But there's some, I'm like, there's just times where I'm like, people don't want to, it's a huge purchase. The buyers are different than they've ever been. The sellers are different than they've ever been. I hate the process of going in and just making this feel way, way, way too stale and getting people nervous because you talk in like, I don't even know the way to describe it, but people talk about real estate like, again, I don't know how to describe it because I go in and have fun with it. I'm like, it's a fun process. You're buying a home, you're selling a home, we're going to make this thing happen, especially if you're looking for a home because people like looking for a home. Like I get jazzed up and I found that as I've been able to be more, um, uh, what's uh, out out there I guess or, or fun and, and ex Exposed exciting almost. and uh, eccentric is that the word yeah, eccentric? eccentric that's where I was looking for yeah. I'm not very good with words so the eccentric part of me was when I get that like I find that clients are way more chill and they like working with me better versus going in and feeling when I first got in the industry I was like okay I'm with a bunch of adults I'm doing like professional work and I'm this like little 20 year old kid that looks like he's 15 <laughs> and trying to get people to sell to buy a home that's before I had facial hair and and it was just like all this stuff, but I felt I had to be like very dry and very like, this is the process and we got to follow it because there's rules and stuff. And I'm like, no, I have so much fun with real estate. I talk like it's not a big deal. I know it's a big deal and I don't downplay it being a big deal, but clients want to have fun. And when they make an offer on a house, you got to get excited. Be like, yes, yeah. like we got it. Like, yeah. like, F yeah, like let's do it. And I talk to my clients like that and they like it because they want... Someone's a little more laid back. You're relatable. Yes. You have to be relatable no matter what you do. And if it, you're bringing your eccentricness, people feel like they can relax. Yes. Yes. Because we don't, real estate is fun. The, the Getting a house is fun. The process, it's like, it's fun looking at homes. Like once you get in the closing process, it's not that fun. It's like probably like going to insurance. But it's the idea that if you have a good person that you're working with, people get at least get excited or at least like the person. So then mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, we're in good hands. Um, so that's good. I, I figured that you would be the kind of person that would be jumping at that. My next question is, what is your favorite thing at Claire and Carl's? My favorite thing? What's your go-to? Um, oh, it's all good. It's, <laughs> it's all good. It's so good. Um, especially when my husband's cooking. He's amazing. But I would say with Buried, which yep. do, you know, I, do you want me to explain it? Does everybody we have some people? We have some people not in. Yes, explain for the people okay. not here. So a it's, Michigan is a steamed bun with a hot dog and like a meat sauce. 
it's not spicy, but it's people related to like a taco sauce. It's amazing. But with buried means you get the onions underneath the hot dog and then the, the hot dog's topped with mustard and then finished with the sauce. Um, all of the aspects, it has to be a boiled dog. Uh, it has to be a steamed bun or else it's just not good. But that's my go-to with just regular fries. So, Oh, and orange crush. Got to have it. <laughs> For the soda. There's a 10-year-old coming at you. Yep. So uh, so when you have, okay, so a Michigan, because I've always wondered this, is there something that classifies a Michigan from like a sauce dog or something like when you go to these places and they just put Michigan sauce on a hot dog? Because there's places that have that or they just put sauce in a bun. Is it this? Is it like you said, the steam bun? Is it the boiled hot dog? Like, is there a certain criteria that me, that you have to meet? It's not like you put it on the I mean, you put it on the grill, obviously. You can if you want to. Yeah, but that's not like around here. That's not it's it's boiled, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's pretty. There's not a lot of you don't get most of the flavor in the hot dog. You get it in the sauce. It's the it's the combination and, of generally the hot dog, the sauce, and the onions with the mustard. Do do you look down on people if they don't get it buried? No. Really? Enjoy it the way you like it. I do. See, I'm, 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 I'm bury that. Put it it's right under messy. the hot dog. It's messy. That's the thing. You don't want the onions falling off, but you have to get it with onions. If you don't get it with onions, don't care. I mean, it's, it's not, right. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know if this was like, you know, a religious thing. Like if you're Michigan, like you have to get it buried. I, that'd be a great poll to take. And it I'm sure you be. have some diehards that are like, yes. they're set in their ways. Like I'm not getting a Michigan with it on top or buried or whatever. But I always find that when you go and you order it correctly, it's like when you go down to Philly, my brother-in-law lives in Philly. You say, if you want a cheese steak, I think you're supposed to say cheese with mm. or cheese without. I forgot the term, but there's a certain way the locals say it. We're all be like, I want a cheese steak with this. And like, you know, you're not from around there. You can tell your local if you, if you're getting waited on and you say, would you like a Michigan? And they say, yep. However it comes. And we're like, oh, no, yeah. you have options. Yeah. And then they're like, what does that mean? And it's exciting because people get excited about it and they always return if they're not local. But I would say I car hopped for three summers before I had Joe. And um, I would say that with buried is definitely a, a North Country order. So you say with buried? With buried. I always just say I always go to Michigan's buried. Yeah. Can I say just buried? Yeah, you can with? just say oh, with okay. buried. I think it's because I'm used to writing it on the notepad. So I write WB. Yeah. Which is with buried, but uh, people are say buried. So when you had the, sh I, I served ice cream for eight years, oh my seven years, eight years. I don't know. That was my, my life of work, ice cream, real estate. So I have a very big background and, uh, we started to get really good at like shorthand, but then it was like, all of a sudden you like go from, you finally realize like, I don't have to put V A N for vanilla. Cause there's nothing else with a V at the whole place. Like you started, like, I know it sounds stupid, but there's times you like simplify what shorthand. you write down to shorthand. And then you get really good at it. And then you just realize, like, why am I adding an extra little letter next to the big letter? Because there's nothing else that would be there. Like WB. You don't need to put W-B-U-R. Like, no. I know this sounds crazy, but when you're waiting on people, people that are waiters or waitresses will appreciate that. Because, like, I know exactly what you mean. Because it finally took me three three summers to figure out how to shorthand a menu. Yeah. Or a script. So, the other thing I had is your, um, is it special fries? Crazy fries? What do you get? Special guys? fries. And this is, I've never had them. A friend of mine told me they're the best fries in Plattsburgh. You ready? I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. No, it's crispy fries with um, the Michigan sauce yep. and then cheese. But if you want onions on it, you can throw onions on it. But it's just like it. nacho cheese, right? It's just like melted cheese. No, it's American cheese. It is. Yeah, it adds. She told me it was like melted cheese. That's fine. Wait, is it, uh, do you guys serve poutine? Yes. So what do you think is more of a North Country staple, Michigan's or poutine? I'd probably say Michigan because poutine is kind of imported, but it's pretty right. solid up here. Yeah, it's very solid because, I mean, we're right by the border. And, I mean, original poutine is with curds and stuff like that. We just do the North Country twist on it. 
Now, now from a Michigan, where did Michigan come from? Do you know that knowledge? I don't. I don't either. I just didn't know if that was like a. I don't. Have that's that like background. a known thing, or who came up with Michigan, or did it come from Michigan? Michigan, Michigan. I looked Michigan. up something once, and I did find an article related back to Michigan. But I mean, the internet there was stuff was skewed a little bit, so it was kind of contradicting. But I know that um, Claire and Carl started in 1942, and they were the first Michigan. Locally. Locally. Okay. Now the building you guys are in. Yeah. So this is the only building they have now, right? You said Correct. Kind of consolidated. Yep. Um, I've never been in the building. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a historic landmark at this point. It's in the ground, kind of. No, it definitely is. It sunk for a while. So when it's sunk in the ground, like how are the floors in there? Is there a section that you walk on that legitimately is sunk down? It's all poured concrete. So when you're in there, you're even. You can you can tell. So at the beginning of the building, there's a horseshoe is what we call it. So okay. it's like a diner-esque when you walk in. Yeah, okay. And, I've seen photos, yeah. Yeah, and you walk in and then there's the bar stools and you look back at the kitchen and it's it's like a little galley kitchen almost. It's a little square, and then to the left is the sink. But you look in it, and you can almost see the difference in height from the kitchen to the front. But the flooring is all even. So it's just the ceiling slopes a bit. Just a little bit, yeah. So can people go and eat in there? Yeah. Well, Could not I, right now. We but, did not open the inside this no, year. No, but normally, you normally. Like normal years. Because yeah. I've never ate in there. I've always just got the car hop. Yep. The other thing is, is there... How old is that building? Since the 40s? Uh, so the business started in 1942 under Claire and Carl's. The sh- construction of the business at first was just the front, just the kitchen part that was a window in 1940. And then the addition was put on with the horseshoe bar mm-hmm. years later. I'm trying to... This I'm is going, good. I'm no, going back good. right now trying to think about it. And um, yeah, that the duplex in the back was 1800s. So that's an old house. It's an old farmhouse. So, because it just like when you, it's like a historical land. Like you have it on your it church, is. you have it everywhere. Like people know Claire and Carl's, like that's the place that's like sinking. And like looks like it's sinking. It is yeah. sinking, but it's not. It's just kind of an old building. And I'm sure that's been no talk of ever changing that, right? No. That's like, no. that's going to always stay. It is. Because I'm sure, stay. have you now, people that are, aren't local, they come in, do they say anything about it? Yeah. They always ask me if it's still sinking or they ask the car hops if it's still sinking. Or do people just say, like, what the heck's wrong with your building? Yeah, that too. And I say it was sinking <laughs> because back then you didn't have to have code didn't require to have a poured slab. Yeah. So it was legit built on the ground. So I mean, just sand with, had been weathered away and erosion and all of the things. That's crazy. I just, it's, it? it's so cool. I mean, I just love the idea of it, but that's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a total staple. Um, so we talked about local, what else do you do locally in the community? You said you're, you got a couple, um, the heart thing you said the yep, step out for, out for your heart so once a year we um once a year we do a big fundraiser it's about 15 women and i are on the community um mm-hmm. from all local businesses and we raise money to help with women's heart health to give to give money back that maybe to people was that this, really can't afford was this the it big one at west side ballroom yeah okay every year because that was like really popular i think it was supposed really to big. go to it and then last minute I think the table I was supposed to be at got filled. I was like, I was a fill-in basically. Oh. And then I ended up getting bumped. So it was kind of like, I guess like uh, going to the Oscars and I got bumped by, by so, yeah. a big name. So It was like the second invite to so, the wedding. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I, was, I, made, I made the cut when they had to fill the seats for sure. Right. Um, no, that, so, and, and now from a local standpoint, again, living here, like what's your favorite part about the area? Like staying here? Staying here is, I, the area itself, but I'm on the same playing field with you, is that family. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I, as far as being close to all of my family, 
the fact that that's just huge for me in the North Country. Do you have a big family? I don't. I don't have a big family. Um, my dad raised me, um, and I have a couple aunts and uncles here. Mm-hmm. But Carrie's family's here too, so both sets of our family. And he has okay. a decent sized family. Um, yep. Yeah. Enough to make it big, big right. enough. Right, big enough, big enough. Yeah. We have both sets of our parents, and then. Um, but I would say to backtrack a little bit on what my favorite part of the North country is, is just the outdoors. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a big part of it too, is the hiking and camping and we don't get long seasons, but you can make it count. Do you, uh, do you hike a lot? Um, in the fall, I try to this yeah. year, Joey's going to be bigger, so it's going to be easier. Yeah. I already have some trails planned. I actually just uh, went hiking for the Northern commercial this morning. Yeah. You said so that. So that was really fun. Um, Damien Batnelli is such a, he's such, such a talented where, guy. Where, where'd you go for that? Just to point a rush. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. It was it was windy. Um so yeah, well I tried to play golf this morning and we stood on the f- 6 a.m. because again dad time. So we're, we're teeing off early in the morning and we look up, there's supposed to be about 10% chance of rain. Well, it was raining and I was talking to the guys about to play with and a bolt of lightning shot down over the, like south. No, it was uh, like a dis- distant south, but it was like you're talking we're going golfing, which are swinging like obviously metal steel whatever clubs. And I'm looking directly south, like over Valcor, and this huge lightning bolt comes down. And at first, I'm sitting there thinking, it's 10% chance of rain. We're going to be fine. It's sprinkling on the way there. I'm like, it's fine. Whatever. It'll pass. Then all of a sudden, this lightning bolt shoots as soon as we get there. Luckily, it was dark out. So we had to kind of wait an extra 15, 20 minutes for it to lighten up. Because we've, we've been doing 6 a.m. And then obviously, with the time change, or not time change, but the, the out, uh, sun rising later. So this goes off. So I'm like, are you crazy? And then we're like, we're crazy. And we're waiting for the third guy to get there. And all of a sudden, another bolt comes down. So the third guy shows up. We're like, do do you want to just like bag this? Because it's nasty. Long story short, we ended up playing. We played the whole round. It was so windy out there. Like, I can only imagine, like, again, we were on the water. But even down at Point Rush, it's got to be crazy. Yeah, I I got up this morning. I was like, I'm going to do my hair. Guess what? And went up in a ponytail because... It was legit like um, the weather station during mm-hmm. a hurricane. My, it just would have been like a fan was blowing at you. But it was great. It was awesome. They're just a good group of people to work with. And the so, girls that I work with just made it fun. So how, it was just like a, like a photo shoot with a couple like employees there? Um, it was four girls. Uh, we had Tanya, Tammy, Christy, all divisions. And um, Tammy brought her dog. So that was fun. Little Oliver. And we were going through. And no, it was a live shot. Like just going through and hiking and going yeah. through our equipment. It was all about preparing for the risk. Yeah. Because obviously okay. it's yeah. it related to insurance. And it's like, and even that situation is you have to be prepared. So obviously I have my backpack and I've got my rain gear. I've got bug sprays and just like really being prepared for that in that situation. So it was just, it was so funny because the wind was so bad and it was just like, this is exactly what insurance is for. Cause watch a tree fall on us or something. Yeah. Imagine that it just got like a tree fall on the back. And then like, so was this your, uh, your actor debut? Um, your no, first one? So no. you've been in one before? I've been in three before. Really? Yep. I don't I know have. if I've ever seen these. Yeah. Um, do Is you it, watch local cable though? I, I don't watch a lot of TV. Right, me either. Again, dad dad life. I just, no, I don't, no. I don't watch a lot of TV. I never see myself. I get text messages though. And it's, I just saw you on TV. And I'm like, okay. I always love the local. I saw someone yesterday was on and I know the person. I'm like, this is great. Anytime I see someone that I know, I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. I want to see the see the commercial. And then you're like, re- now you can rewind it. I'm still the kind of guy that if I watch TV, I miss it. And Gina's like, just pause it. I'm like, I don't want to put, I don't, just a sec, give me a minute. It's almost to like a commercial. And then it's like, she's like, just pause the TV. Right. And I'm still in the generation of like, no, no, no. I got to wait to the commercial. Then I go to the commercial. And then my son freaks out if there's a commercial because he's Mr. Netflix and there's no commercials. 
And I'm like, dude, you got to like, trust me. Chill. Yeah, chill. There's a two minute <laughs> commercial coming up. You can see a bunch of crap you don't care about and just, you got to suck it up. So, um, no, I don't see, I haven't seen the commercial. I'd like to look at it. I'm sure I can find it like on your Facebook page or like, is there a YouTube channel? I mean, I wish I was good as you, as good as you are at that stuff. And maybe I need to get better, but YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube them all. The, um, we, we have um, we have our whole... So part of our... Re, we rebranded this year, Northern did, because okay. it's 90 years in business. Okay. And someone said to Dina, I don't know if it was me, but we were talking at a meeting one day that I said that our logo might have looked like the Nintendo 64 logo. And it was kind of like a consensus. Yeah. And she's like, we've got to change this. We're coming up on 90 years. Let's do that. So we had a committee. We worked with Pulp and Wire out of Maine. We got a new logo. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So part of that rebranding was to celebrate locally um, 90 years in business local, but also to do like all different kinds of commercials this year. It's part of like the package that we did. So we're doing 30-second well, splits. Yeah. And they're just, they're really good. You need yeah. to look them up. No, and... and uh We've tried to do some stuff like that, and I think it's fun because one, it, it's fun to do. It's mm-hmm. goofy and like whatever. But if you're someone that doesn't feel self conscious or doesn't take yourself serious, you can have a blast doing them, and they're they're a lot of fun. And I think especially when you actually see the finished product, most people might not even know it was windy there when they see this because they're going to be able to like they'll edit it all and it'll look good and the lighting. And of course, when you're talking about people that know what they're doing and are professionals of what they're doing, they're going to be able to make you look really good. And they know. can crop you. They can change the angle. They can like, oh, there's the wind. I will get like it, it. The the ability for people with cameras and the technology nowadays, like that's why you look at stuff like on magazines. Like that's not their real picture. No, like it's so airbrushed and photoshopped mm-hmm. and everything else. Especially when you look at like health magazines. I'm like, okay, I know that guy doesn't look like that not because even a little bit. like I've seen him on talk shows and stuff like that. I said he's not much better fit than anybody I know locally. You know, and they got him looking like he's like, you know, this stuff. Uh, physique model guy in the cover i'm like okay relax mark Wahlberg or whoever you know it's, and it's all like, painted on yeah so it, it's just one where it makes you always kind of scratch your head and like what's true like I, I try when we do photos and stuff like i don't want to make it too edited because it looks fake and you, again you did real estate there's people that over edit photos and i'm like like it, that's not what it looks like when you walk in the house and then you can't over you can make it look better but don't over edit where it looks like too good to be true because yeah. a lot of times it is and then you walk in like you're really good at taking photos. I'm like, yeah, well, I just want to get you in the house. Once you're right. in the house, then right. figure it out. But, um, so the, uh, so where, where are, like when you go hiking, how often you go hiking? Where do you go hike? What's your favorite mountain? What do you have planned for your daughter? Um, well, I have to keep it simple because, um, she's, she's got little legs, but I'm looking at this weekend trying to do the flume trail. I'd like to do the bog trail with her at Silver Lake mountain because my family has a camp there. So okay. we're going to go up. So we'll just do that one as well. Um, my sister Beck has a Kelty pack, so if she gets tired, I'll just throw her in that. But um, also, too, I would like to, my favorite mountain is, have you ever heard of the Saranac Lake Sixers? I've heard of it. I've never been on one. Okay. Yeah. So the, it, they're all beautiful views. They all have 360 views. They're just absolutely amazing. But my favorite hike to date is Ampersand. You go, it's just just the view. It's probably round trip, I'd say about four and a half hours up okay. and down. It's um, two and a half miles up. I'd say so I can't tell you elevation right now but hitting the summit up there is just amazing and then when you get down you cross the street and you just go through this trail and there's this open lake so you bring a picnic and it's just like you this is at the top of the mountain no this is at the bottom so you you get done and it's just like it gives you something to look forward to after all of that work yeah you know the uh favorite now the flume is that the waterfall yeah so the only reason I know this is because Monday, my sister came up, surprised us, whatever. It was all good, and we had a blast. So then 
I was told I was supposed to be going golfing on Monday. Well, then she like said, you're not going golfing. Like I basically did this whole plan to make sure you took the day off of work. So we ended up going hiking and we went to see the flume was the first time I've ever seen that place. And I'm, I'm when it comes to Adirondack mountains, I am very dumb. I don't know the trails. I don't know cool spots. We weren't hikers. I'm still not a hiker. I like, I went to Whiteface for the first time, like two years ago to ski. So I know it's crazy. Like I just, I never like we go to like Placid and stuff, but I've never ventured out into like all the little, and I, I kind of want to explore more of the Adirondacks. Um, cause they're, they're beautiful, but we went up the one that would be good for you is it's, uh, we went up, it was very short, which I was happy about. It was, uh, is it Cobble Hill? Is it, if you're heading up and you're going, is it in Lake Placid? If you take a right to go up to Whiteface observation tower and there's a quick right and it's right there. We did it with Joey when she was six months old. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say that's beautiful. a perfect one. And we went up the yep. other day. And she's like, which one do you want to do? And I'm one of those people, I don't, I'm not a good hiker. I can hike, but it's, it's one where I get to like, to go up like hours and hours. And I know there's a great, like mindless, like just escapism part. And I should probably hike more because of this, but I like go up and I'm like, this is my half hour up. Good. Like, I'm just going to beeline up half hour at the top, look around. I'm like, great. I see the sights. Let's go back down. I don't. I, I'm not a great, I don't take in the sounds and the sights and everything. Like, it's kind of cool when you're up there. I've hiked two high peaks in my life. Both times I've come down. Actually, I lied. H- hiked one. There were two peaks. So I hit both of them. So it was really one trip. Came back down, and I'm like, I just spent the last five hours walking up the hill to walk back down the hill. And I'm like, I want to get in the car and go eat. Like, yeah. or go get a drink. Like, yeah. I just, but there's some awesome things about it. I'm just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't hit me. My thing is, yeah, is give, it give forces me. To shut down, not shut it, down, but it forces me to unplug yeah. and take myself away yes. from the he- hectic part of life. I, That's why I absolutely love it. I so when you go hike, because when I go hiking, I don't bring my phone. Like I'm usually with somebody that has a phone. Like if there's like an emergency, um, or I'll turn my phone off and throw it in a bag. But usually, like that hike, I left my phone in the car. Like I, if I can escape the world of texts, email, phone calls, notifications, I'm a happy man. Because I. I like it, but I like it for my job only because it's what I have to do. I don't know if I would even, I don't know if I would have social media or a phone if I didn't have to for work. Cause I'm not, I'm not a big, I don't call people. I text people cause I have to, I text people if I need something, but I can go a long time without a phone and be totally content. I agree with that statement. I, I don't need like, I have a Facebook page now because I have a business page, but also because I like to share pictures of Joey with yeah, family. But yep. other than that, like, I think that it, the way it's, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. I would get rid of it if it wasn't for work. And do you find like, cause some, I'm not, do you f- go on social media a lot or no? Are you more like you post and then you just kind of like get off of it or I, do you go and consume a lot? I don't think so. I would say that pre, I know this is terrible, but pre-COVID, mm-hmm. probably not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on it as much after, I mean, being at home for so long and yeah. trying to just, I mean, Socialize. humans, we connect, we thrive off connection, Yeah, you know, and for a lot of weeks, we didn't have that connection. So it was, that's the connection that you felt was social media, yeah. you know, and that's how you were seeing with everybody in the community was doing, whether it's Galen and how he's doing or whether it's Adam's brothers and are they working or is Claire and Carl's open? It's a platform that we yeah. were using for connection still so i would say that since then is i've really started to get on it more Mm -hmm. and i've been more present even with my linkedin 
Yeah. Because it is another form of connection. I just have to utilize it to its best ability. But if I didn't have to have it or if it wasn't here, I definitely wouldn't miss it. Yeah. And I, I'm always one. I contemplate this probably every other week. I'm like, I want to go through. I have two Instagram accounts. I have my business one, which I spend 90% of it on. And I have my personal one. My personal one, it's just photos of my kids. There's nothing else. I just keep it private. I always want to go through my followers and delete a bunch. And then I want to go who, go through who I'm following and delete a bunch. Because I'm like, I really only am concerned about my immediate family and like friends. And then a couple like barstool sports, like something stupid, like mindless. Uh-huh. But there's so much that I don't, I really don't care about. And I, unfortunately, as much as I love a lot, like, and I don't get me wrong. Like I love, like I see your photos. I see a bunch of friends photos and I love that stuff. But then part of me is like, there's so much. There's just so much stuff to consume. Like, why am I following 600 accounts? Like, I I, I would never even check 600 accounts, no. even if they posted. No. Like, can I just strip it down to, like, 25 or 50, like, of, that I really care about so I don't miss anything? And that's what I always kind of, like, I want to go through it, but then I'm like, and I scroll through, and there's, like, a whole thing of, like, I don't know, 10 people on the screen. And I'm like... I don't want to take, oh, I could follow them. I could, and I play that again. Like I never fall, unfollow anybody. I, no, I don't do it either. It's, and I just, it's, it's too much. It's yeah. overwhelming. It, it's, I don't know what, what it is, but so I think, but again, if you're in that space all day long, you don't miss it. Cause it's like, I, I get my fix on it because I have to, because I'm doing it for social media and people are commenting or sharing, or I'm sharing stuff and helping them out or promoting our agents and stuff. And I'm very good at it because I have to. You're very good at it. But I'm telling you, it's like if I if you told me you don't need social media ever again, it's not going to help you in business. It's not going to help you do anything. It's not going to promote anything. Just check out. I'm like, good. Here's my phone. I'm out. Like I have no problem. I could just sit there and talk to people and be. I'm. I'm, I swear to God, I I don't miss my phone at all. The only time I miss my phone is because I get anxiety that I'm missing something and I don't want to not respond to people. That's so, the biggest thing in sales yeah, is you so, have to respond or else you're going to call someone else. Yeah. And, and I'm good about it too in the sense like if somebody calls me late at night or I'm with my kids, I'm not picking up. Like I turn my phone off majority of days until noon, it's on do not disturb. So if you call my phone, like if you called me in the morning, I would see that you called. I would probably pick up for you because it's like, why is Tiff calling me? Because it's right. kind of different. But if it's like 90% of my phone calls, I just, I'm like, it's going to go to voicemail. I'll call them later in the day. Or they don't even leave a message. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, so many people call me, don't leave messages. I'm like, it can't be that important if you don't leave a message. So I'm just like, whatever. So it kind of filters that way. But again, it allows me to try to focus on work. So I'm not just like a slave to my phone and my text messages. Like, I'll get done this. I'll look. I'll have 10 text messages. I'm like, you know what? I'll filter through them as I can. And right. it's, it's just I, mentally you have to take a step back. Because otherwise, again, you, you become a slave to your phone. And Consumed with it. Do you find that with work? Like, are you on the... Like if you're not in the officers, you, you still like on call. Yeah. All the time. So yeah. insurance, obviously people can't pick when their claims are, mm-hmm. but that's, so as we were saying, that's, that's what hiking is for me. And for you, it's your kid time. Is that your time to unplug? Yeah. But yes, for the beginning, not the, be- yes, the beginning of my career at Northern, I was, I'm, I'm still very eager, but I was always consumed with the text messages, the emails, and mm-hmm. I was always, always on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's unrealistic. It's yeah. completely unrealistic that you cannot be on all the time or else mm-hmm. you're going to crash. So I learned to do the same thing that you did. I set up my email three times a day to check it. I set up 
my text messages to never bring in my phone to an appointment. So these are things where I can control. So I'm not on all the time yeah. and I'm not driving myself crazy because at the end of the day, you're human, you know, and people understand that you need family time or you need Galen time or you need to golf at 6am. Yeah. The, you know, like weekends, I, I really try to take weekends off if I can. And I'm realistic. Like if there's a house, like I'll do appointments on the weekends if I have to. Um, but like the, like Sunday nights, a lot of times we'll go to camp, like our parents camp mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we'll probably leave at like five o'clock and we'll get home at close to nine. A lot of times I leave my phone at my house. Like I don't even bring it to, to Shay Z. I'm like, I don't have my phone for four hours and it feels great. If I don't have my phone, my anxiety level of checking my phone is zero. But if I have my phone, that's why it's over there. I never have my, I very rarely have my phone during a podcast. Cause it's like, I don't want to check it. Cause if I check it and I miss something you say, or I'm like, what, what do I, what do I need to check right now? Unless I'm like looking up something on Google maybe. Right. But it, that's the one thing I like about the podcast world is it's just like one-on-one talking and there's no distraction. So it's, yeah. which is funny because when you go, if you go back in time, how do people communicate? They sat and talked and they told stories and All then, the time. and then really we're kind of the odd generation in the sense that we had that as kids. And then we have, we have the new age where it's been total flip-flop from, you know, probably 2000 mid two thousands to now I'd right. say 2005, 2010, it was kind of a big change. And um, it's nice with podcast world to just go back in time. I agree wholeheartedly. I always say I was born 20 years too late. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think like kind of like an old soul, like mm-hmm. I have more fun sitting down drinking, like give me a cup of coffee and someone just to sit there and shoot the shit with and I will have a great time okay. or at night have a beer or whatever. Yeah. I just, there's something about just having a conversation, no distractions and just zoning out. Or like you said, like if I was to go into the Adirondacks, I could have a campfire and hang out with friends. Yeah. I have a blast doing that. The best thing. And nobody's, I, we can goof off. We can have fun. We can just tell stories and, and just be silly. And nobody has any, I don't have to be professional. I don't have to be on. Because again, as much as I I love my job, one of the negatives about it is you're always on. Always on. And your mind is constantly tr- turning because it's like, am I missing something? What do I have to do? Or you're thinking about the next thing you have to do. And then that's like, it's a vicious cycle. And I think everybody deals with it. Yeah. Like how do you... Besides turning off, like what is your other tactics? My other tactics is something that I've learned a lot about myself since yeah. March is I've been very, very, very um, like co- conscious about being present in my life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So yeah. you can't stress about what happened yesterday because mm-hmm. you can't change it. Mm-hmm. If you had a problem, you have to find a solution. Mm-hmm. You got to move on from it. Yeah. You have to be present in your life right here, right now, because you're living it. Mm-hmm. And you can't stress about the future because it can change at any moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that over the last, I would say, six months, I've just been being very mindful of being very present. And I think it's like with you and spending time with your kids is at night, I don't pick up my phone. Yeah, I, I try very hard not to be on it because that's taking... I'm not being present at that point. I'm not thoroughly enjoying what I'm doing or, you know, having Joe help cook dinner. But I think that's the biggest thing is just being very mindful of it. That's what I've been working on towards more. Yeah, the ki- the kids have changed a lot for me. So I try, I really try, like, whatever time I get home, it's usually between 6 and 7 or somewhere mm-hmm. at night. Sometimes it's a little earlier. Um, I, I've gotten very good about not going later than, for the most part, later than 7. Um, is that if I can put the phone down because they go to bed at about 8 30 it's kind of when we eight between 8 and 8 30 is when you start like bedtime and they're usually both down by before nine 
but I, I really try not to check anything. And there's times I don't check anything. There's times where I might check it if I'm like cleaning up the, mm-hmm. you know, the kitchen from eating and there, and I just look at it to make sure there's no like, like anything crazy, or there's not like a personal message from my mom or sisters or a friend that's not business related, but just right. like, you know, like our buddy saying like, Hey, we still on for golf tomorrow. Like I'll respond to that real quick work stuff. I won't respond to. And like most of my clients can attest, you probably won't hear from me between six and nine o'clock because I'll, I'll read it. But I'm like, listen, like I'll, I'll text you at nine and, or I'll just punt it to the next day. Like you won't hear from me. And I'm like, you know what? You text me at seven 30 at night. I'll respond to you at nine in the morning. And it's not, a, it's not that it's not, I don't, I don't want to downplay the, their question Important. or concern, but I'm, I'm like, at the end of the day, I do it for myself because I'm like, you're one of, that could be five people texting me at that time. So if I answer you, that's, I could have another 45 minutes of just back and forth. And I'm like, no, I'll do it tomorrow. And I, I have to do that because I'm one of those people like I could, if I have, if I didn't have kids, I would be on it. Like I yeah. know myself. Like, yeah. but my kids allow me. Like you said, the present aspect is when you're doing something and he's talking to you, and he's like, last night eating dinner and just making faces and talking. Like I just want to sit there and like listen to him talk or talk with Gina or right. you know my daughter's um, a little over a year old and she's not really talk. She's starting to say mm-hmm. like babble words, but you know, and she'll make a funny face or something. And it's like, but you want to see those moments and then. Uh, my son is now, when you go to bed, his big thing is I want to lay on the carpet. Meaning like, so instead of, we read books, we rock, we play Blanket Wars. Blanket Wars is basically just, he runs at me and tackles me and I throw blankets at him and it's a blast. And we both laugh like little kids and like get too worked up and sweaty before bed. But now he just wants to lay on the carpet. So literally, we'll just both lay on the carpet. He'll grab Teddy, he'll get a blanket, uh-huh. we'll snuggle. And we lay down for probably 10, 15 minutes. I kind of doze off for about 10 minutes, which is great. It's a good dad nap right, right. there. And then, um, but it's the whole idea of like, you just focus on like, I know it sounds, I mean, again, you know, as a parent, like he's two and a half years old, like he's not going to be this age, like it's going to go by like that. Ever and he's again. like going on the school bus and right. be a basket case. And it's yep. like, but just to sit there and like, just like snuggle with them. Cause I'm like, this is cool. You want to snuggle with dad? Cause I know you're going to hate me and like not many not long from now you won't want to snuggle with dad like even by the time you go to kindergarten you're not snuggling with dad but it goes by yeah you get like a couple years that i'm like i'm gonna just like suck all the snuggle or the cuddles out of you that i can yeah um or even like hey buddy give daddy a kiss or something and he'll just like turn and give you a kiss and i'm like it's just the best feeling it is and it's it is it's all about it's about being present and we have our nightly routine and i think that because now, obviously, generation, everything is so different with both parents working, mm-hmm. both yeah. parents going. Yep. So, you know, it's like you want to maximize on that time in your house with the why you work so hard. Yeah. This is why you work so hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a reason to step back. And obviously, you love your job and you're passionate about it. But at the end of the day, it's you work so hard because you want to provide for this amazing thing that you created, yeah. your family, your wife, your... And it's... If it's not, obviously you have to answer text messages and you have to do all of the things and you just have to pick your battles. And I think setting for clients, for me, it's always been to set really realistic expectations of communication and what to expect, like, um, in your industry. And I know it because I was in it for a brief time, but I was also an assistant to a broker for Mm -hmm. four years before I got licensed was it's really right now. People want right now in real estate all the time. It's like my inability to prepare is your emergency or my not understanding is I need to know now to settle peace. But in my industry is I always, in insurance, I always let clients know, you know, if you email me, I'm going to get back to you within four hours. That's our policy at Northern Insuring. Mm -hmm. If you, if I, if I can 
realistically get back to you before that. Like that's what, you know, we're known for is our service. Um, but as far as returning phone calls at night, I make it very known, like unless something's on fire, you got into a car accident mm -hmm. or an employee got hurt in a warehouse or what for a shift worker or something like that. Generally, I'm not going to call you back unless it's like you said, unless something's on fire, or it's a claim. But I think when it comes to any industry with sales and representing someone and being someone's advocate for them is is just setting those realistic expectations. So when you're at home and you don't answer the phone call or the text message, you don't feel bad. Well, I think some of them too, like when I first got into real estate, the difference between business and your personal life, there was there was a divide there for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that business and personal life has merged a lot, which I think is cool. Um, not that I like, I consciously don't post my kids on my business page. I don't put it on my like social media. That's just like my personal policy that I, I just don't put my kids and I don't put photos of Gina and I just, cause I do keep a little bit of separation there. Mm -hmm. my, but most people know I have a wife and kids. It's more for like the crazy people that like, if I have a, people know who I am and stuff like last thing I want is like pictures of my kids on a public platform if i have my friends and stuff like you follow me on my personal page that's totally fine and like right. i have like you know gina you know my kids like and i have no problem with people knowing and i prefer that and if i have clients that it you know once you you know how it is like you meet them for the first time but then you start becoming more friendly then it's like yeah you can i can open up you can talk to you about my wife i can talk to you about my kids and then but i think it goes a long ways with them respecting your time because like mm -hmm. like i get some people when the clients are great they'd be like hey listen this can totally wait till tomorrow just it's on top of my mind i'm emailing i'm just texting it to you now please don't respond until tomorrow and i'm like thank you i love those and, clients yep, and i'll sit there and i'll push it to the um, and and some of those people i will respond to and say thank you so much i'll talk to you tomorrow right and it's it's just like those are the good ones the bad ones are the ones that just call you with like a, a 8 30 at night like hey blah, blah 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 and i'm like i'm like one these people are most likely under contract and I'm like, guess what? Banks and attorneys drive that ship majority of the time, and they're not open till 9 a.m. tomorrow. From so here on out. We're good. Yep. So every time, mm -hmm. basically off business hours, off banking hours, nothing's happening. So if you call me at night, I can, I, it's noted, but it's not going to, I can't change anything. You know, even if I send out an email, if they get an email at, if I send it out at 9 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock the next morning, they're still not answering it till probably 11 o'clock that day. So it's like, but again, it's the, the boundaries and it's, it's tough to do. But I'm really trying to focus on doing a lot of like upfront work now because I'm hanging like the kids are great, but the kids don't take don't have a lot of commitments at this point. They're home. They're chilling. Like, right. I, like as yep. soon as they start going on school trips and projects and plays sports. and sports and it's like I want to be able to go to all the the little like the mites games and the little mm -hmm. league games because to me like my, my parents were at like 99% of my stuff. Uh, but I want to do the same thing. Like mm -hmm. I get, I'm going to have so much fun just watching them play soccer or watching them. And like, I'm not going to be the annoying dad. I'll be the dad that doesn't talk on the sideline. Cause he'll be sh you know, hanging out with the other parents. But I can't promise. I don't you, know. I might yell and like you think you're one of them? and clap and be so excited. I think I'll be excited if like the kids score, like I'll clap. I'll be like, oh, good job. But like, I'm not going to be the one like screaming at my kid. Like you screwed up on the goal. I'm like, oh my God, like, no. The parents that do that, I'm like, dude, your kid is this like, is too much. they're like nine years old. They're not going pro. Listen, they're like, they're, medio fun. they're mediocre on an upstate New York soccer team. Like relax. So, yeah. And, but I think that, uh, part of me is just to have the fun of just watching them. Cause like, did you play sports? I did. I did. Well, I ran, I ran track. I played volleyball. And so I you, loved it. So you like understand the benefit of a it team is. and the aspect. It's so and, important. Well, especially for like the social aspect. And I think yeah. 
the one thing sports do, especially with kids that aren't very social, is it get, it makes them more comfortable because they have their buddies and they're part of a team. And it's like if we do well or even if we don't do well, I got 10 or 12 other you know to kids on. on my part. Yeah, and it's yeah. I think the the benefit of team sports, like I play individual sports. Like I, like I said, there's certain things, but like soccer, basketball, baseball, those were so important growing up. And volleyball must have been the yeah. same. Well, it's preparing you. It's preparing you for life because generally no matter what you're going to do, you have some form of a team. Yeah. So it just it just shows you that you got to build those relationships and trust even at that young of an age. And it's so important because you got to be able to rely on them. And I think that's, it's just like a camaraderie that you learn and you learn that at a young age and it helps you grow throughout life, I feel. Well, that's that's one of my, like we had a meeting today and I told the girls, I'm like, even if we don't accomplish really anything today, I mean, you always accomplish something, but even if it's like, listen, we just felt like we just didn't get anywhere with this meeting or didn't accomplish. At the end of the day, you still have the rapport. You still get to have the connection. You still, because I'll be honest, we work in the same office every day, but how many times do you have like, there's times I'm just running in and out and like, hey, Nick, what's going on? Nicole, what's going on? Uh-huh. I need to check on this, this, this. And it's not really like a set down and relax. And we try to have some moments like that depending on the day. But it's nice when you have like a meeting, like you talked about being present. Like if we're at a, a, a meeting for an hour with each other, it's an hour that we can just, we're focused on each other and doing something. And you can talk about family and you can talk about other stuff. But um, there's times from a team perspective, like you need, the people that do it all on their own, it like blows my mind. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. And I, I love my team. Yeah. And, and you rely on people and it's like, this is why I tell the girls, it's like, I I can't keep track of anything. I got the leave worst memory ever. Like my assistant runs my life. Yeah. And she's that's amazing. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing. And like when I look down at my schedule Nick's got stuff scheduled for me and I'm like, is that a showing? Oh yeah. They reached out. We want to see this that tomorrow. I'm like, great. Perfect. I didn't have to oh, do that. I'll just show you. up and do it. Like and that, that's for some reason it's, I thought I was going to have a trouble with like delegate and not really delegating, but finding a Letting system go. where I was comfortable. <laughs> I can let go. I'm, I'm like the, I think I'm a pretty good delegator. And I try not to micromanage, but it's one where as long as it's kind of something that once you have a system that works, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. It's trying to find what works first because sometimes it's like, okay, we're getting over like you're feeling out like the system. You're feeling out like the way she does it is the way that I would prefer it. And then they kind of switch and then it's like, okay, well, her way is better. So let's do it that way. And then it's because there's, trust me, a ton of inefficiencies that you just you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and you're like, okay, that makes way more sense. Happened to me today. Yeah. Today. Like, My assistant roll. sat down. We're doing everything electronic. We're trying to contact clients to do electronic delivery. It started um, mm-hmm. just to save paper, mm-hmm. go green a little bit more, but it's also no one wants this four inch binder on their desk when they can have it in their Dropbox. And mm-hmm. we're, you know, you're just transitioning with the way of the world transitioning. And my assistant and I, she came in, she's like, we have to talk because it was like we were on one page and you're on the other and we had to come up with a better system. So I feel it. And I feel the meetings. Sometimes they just have to happen and just talk. And if you get something out of it, you don't. But if not, you're still building rapport with yeah. each other. And usually if ideas happen. Is you get a brainstorm. Like the more people mm-hmm. at the table. And again, not like 100 people. But like it's nice to have three, four, five, six people at the table if it's productive and you can hear people out. Or even just a small group of three or four. Um, now, are you – how's your like – when you work, like how's your work set up normally? Are you like a pretty minimal person? Do you have, like you talked about getting rid of files and stuff. I hate clutter, which I'll be honest, if you looked at my office, you wouldn't, you'd be like, eh, I don't know about that, Galen. But like I work so much more efficient when I have like 
my computer, my phone, and like one thing on my desk. Yeah. And I get stressed out when I have like piles of stuff because I'm like, what's in that pile? Same. I'm the same exact way. I need to go in. I have a list. I work off a list every day. I update the list at the end of the day so it's ready to go for the next day. Mm -hmm. And my desk is very clear and I just have, it's very clean. I have a box with open files. Mm -hmm. And once those are done, it goes in the shredder because everything's electronic now. Yeah. So it's the same. I feel like chaos or what is it with less chaos there's more clarity so it's whether it's stuff or just mental or anything it's like if it's clear you're more organized you're more apt to just be the best version of yourself yeah i'm I'm you when it comes to that i like well i like chaos in the sense i like i like change i like i like i get bored yeah. So like routine and stuff. I trust me, I'm a big routine guy, but I'm also one of those people that if things change, I can go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get stressed out if something changes or, I mean, you, real, I'm sure insurance the same way, like a Change policy changes day. or an, a law changes or some yep. rule changes. And it's like, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, I think you had mentioned it before. If there's a problem, I don't want to call a client with a problem no. and give them a problem. It's like problem solution or it's problem like... Well, for, I should say first off, I try not to call a client with a problem because they pay me not to call them. With, like, like I'm here to figure the stuff out before you get to it. So if I'm calling you about something, it's typically because I need a yes, no, or like basically come com- confirm that I'm a, like, I might be 99% certain I still reach out till I'm a hundred. And I, I'm, I never speak in absolutes like yes, no. It's always like, I think so, but let me check before you do anything. And I just have to verify because if I don't, there's a problem because I never right. ran it by him. But even with that said is I, I, I don't want to bring the problem to the client, but then if I bring a problem to the client, it is I work behind the scenes to find at least one or two options Correct. or action steps Same. that I've taken. And it could, this simply could be, listen, bad news, whatever happens. Like, obviously I got to put it, a bad news in real estate to me is a day in real estate. Like it happens. You have great, you have bad, but they don't, they don't know that. So it's right. like, okay, we got a little bit of hiccup. Let me work on mm-hmm. it. I've already made a call to your attorney. I've already talked, I've left a message for the other agent, or I've already talked with one of them and this is what they said. And it's being proactive to find a solution. Cause the worst thing I think you can do is just say, Hey, listen, here's a problem. And then they're stressing about it. And usually if you give someone bad news, but followed up by good news or action items, they're at least like, Oh, not good, but okay. Like you're being at least my advocate. That's what, yeah. like you said, that's what they're paying you for. In my situation of insurance, is bad news can be this isn't covered, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, there are no choices for that. Yeah, but it's um, say for instance, there was a flood. You don't have flood coverage, so there's no coverage, but it's still not good news to give. Yeah, but then some of the things as far as the options that I can help on are like recommend. Um, building inspections. Yeah, I can talk to underwriters. I can say these are ridiculous, and I can go to them and say, "So your list was ten recommendations that you have to work on. I got it down to five. Yeah, and these three maybe cost you five hundred dollars. Yeah. But you're right. I completely agree. We're your advocate. We're your partner. We're your team. It's our responsibility to find some solutions, and not just pick up the phone and give you a problem because at that point. It's yeah. just not why am I working? Why are you working with me? Is yeah. how I would view it. Well, I also like the the fact my favorite clients. And I want to hear your opinion. My favorite clients are the ones that come to me. Say they're buyers or sellers. I'll do buyers first. They come to me and they're like, "Hey, Galen, I'm completely new. I have no clue what's going on. Can you help me?" Perfect. Like, have a seat. We're gonna have a great time because you're gonna listen. It's the ones that come and they're either 
have watched way too much HDTV, mm-hmm. their heads are in the clouds, like or very just like super micromanaging the whole process. Those are the ones I'm like, listen, this is just going to not work out. If you come to me and you're just open, you're just like, listen, I'm trusting you. You're a professional. Figure it out for me. Those are the best people. Same thing with selling. Like, listen, I just want to, I'm realistic. Whatever we can sell it at, I just want, like anybody, I want to maximize it, but I'm not, I want to be very realistic and I just want to move it. Perfect. We're, and we can, those clients are usually the ones that come out on top over the ones that are way too demanding all day every day you have the same problem i do i do yeah. i have a client i have clients that are new business owners that have never owned a business before that want to understand the process of insurance how it works and they listen they want to understand labor laws for workers mm-hmm. comp if they're contractors say and they really listen and they use me as a resource and help guide me or i help guide them other than someone that's sometimes had been in business for years and just have insurance to have insurance. Yeah. I feel like the younger generation really wants a mentor and understand why they're buying and what they're paying for in mm-hmm. my industry. And it's new business owners that are really engaged and really listening. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I would rather work with a new business owner every day, just as well as your first time home buyer, because they listen, yeah. they appreciate. And, and I think you just, I think you mentioned that like the newer generation wants the mentorship because as you know, like, the kiss of death in real estate. And there's an, a veteran agent that told me this a few years ago and I laughed, but I'm like, it's so true is parents. Like at least in our industry, it's like kids like it. Everything's good. You know, it's good. Like I'm one of those people. If I think it's a bad investment, or if I think it's a bad decision, or I think they like, should we like whatever, like I'm going to cut, like I'm going to shoot you straight. Like if I think it's, I, I'm not one of those people, like I'm not trying to get a deal mm-hmm. to make a sale. Like I don't no. care. No. I, I don't, I really don't care. Um, at the end of the day, I've told plenty of people, if you don't buy now, fine, we'll buy in three months. Like I'll be around. I'm not retiring anytime soon. You'll be you'll be fine. Take your time. There's no rush. My issue is the parents come in and they are either still stuck in nineteen eighty and how well this is crazy. They're buying a house for a hundred and seventy thousand. This is like and I'm sitting there like, I know you bought your house for seventy thousand, but it's a different time. And also it's like you gotta think they're coming from a position where they've lived in a house. That is um, typically, you know, at this point in time, if they're in their 50s or 60s or 40s or whatever, they've built up a pretty nice house. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, let me, what were you like at 25 when you were buying a house? Like you probably have horror stories of your first house. Well, guess what? Your kid has to go through that. It's like a learning, it's like a rite of passage to be an adult and to come in and just like have, because they want what's best for the kid, which I get, but I'm like, you're going to, I've had so many kids or I say kids, like young people, young not adults. get, yeah, young adults, not get really good houses because mom and dad freaked out about something in the house. And I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be a rough ride because I said, right. once you're a homeowner, everything's on you. Like, That's guess it. what? Your, your systems, your furnace goes down two weeks into get, buying a home. That's a risk. You're buying a house. You're buying a used product. Like it's, you don't expect like a new car is not going to run or a used car is not going to run as well as a new car. Same thing at home. So, um, but that's the hardest part. But when you get young kids that are just like, listen, mom and dad aren't going to sit there. Like, I just want you to tell me straight what I need to do. I'm going to listen to you. Those are the ones that we, for the most part, it's a very smooth transaction. Mm-hmm. Very smooth. They're very happy. They get in the house. It's a good investment. Mom and dad are, are pumped. Um, I've never really had mom and dad go to um, see the house after they've committed to buying it and said it's a bad house. They'll say it before, but once the kids commit to it, they're like, oh my God, we could do so no, much to this house. This, so much potential, so much potential. It, and it is, it's the same with um, um, new business owners is they want options. Mm-hmm. They want to see 
like I'm, I'm not sure how you do I, you recommend lenders and whatnot like mm -hmm. that on your end but for me it's like you don't have a lot of capital right now mm -hmm. this is the policy i can put you in to get going and these are the options that i can give you as you grow yeah and i think newer generation is realistic with that as a and real realistic to listening to the different options of different coverage levels and and whatnot and really and really hearing that and understanding it and i think that but I, at the end of the day, I feel you because a lot of the time when you have a younger generation buying a new business or starting a new business, who's involved? Yeah. Parents. Yeah. Because they or don't have the capital. Or their lending capital or whatever. And it, it, Correct. It, I mean, it's, there's definitely, a, there's, there's definitely merit to it. Like I can, mm -hmm. can see the parents want to be involved, but at the end of the day, you're not a realtor, insurance person, you're not an inspector, you're not a lender, you're not any of these people, your mom and dad you work here or work there and has nothing to do with our industry. Like you have to like not micromanage. And one of my, I always find, and, and this might be the same in insurance, real estate is like one of the professions. I don't want to say only, but one of the professions where clients will tell you how to do your job. I'm like, I know how to list your property. I know how to help you with buying a property. I know all this stuff. Don't tell me how to market your property because that's the, that's the one thing that like will annoy me to the nth degree because they're like, well, why don't you do this and do that and do that? I'm like, well, why don't you like, what do you, where do you work? You work at the hospital. I'm not going to tell you how to like put a needle in someone's arm. I don't know how to do it. You right. know, I might think so. I'm never going to tell you how to do it or like going insurance, my financial planner, like, well, do you want to do this and this? I'm like, what, what's best? What do you think's best for me? I think you should do this and that. Do it. Like I trust tell you. Me what I There's a do. reason why I hired you. I don't want right. to think I'm too busy to think about that crap. I'm giving you money. Just put it where you think it needs to go. Um, and that's the same thing, like insurance. I'm like, what's the best option? This is roll with it. That's fine. It's trust. Yeah. It's building it's, a relationship. I pick people that I trust and I just give them right. brains because I don't, it's kind of like having like a life, like a board of your life, like an advisor group of your, of your life. Like I have people that are going to make sure that my stuff is correct. Right. My accountant's going to tell me what to do. I hate, like, I hate that stuff. Like, yeah, me taxes too. for me is like, it's cringing. Uh, it's cr it makes me cringe. I, I pay some for that. It's your sphere of influence. Yeah. It's the people that affect you in a positive way and take care of you at the same time. I just switched to QuickBooks this year. Me too. No, <laughs> I've had QuickBooks, but <laughs> I switched with you, an advisor that helps me with the QuickBooks. What was your, uh, me too. What was your system before that? Horrible. It was, was, it, was it receipts in a bag? No, because we bought the business four years ago. So I've always, I've always input everything. Yep. But it was like, yeah, so a, a shoebox for a month and then input everything, which was so bad because I didn't have it connected to the bank. Mm -hmm. And it was just all of the, it was just all of the things. And I think about it and I was like, how did I go that long? It's cringy. So bad. Well, and they always like, they joke around like, oh, you're the guy with the, uh, the, the, like the Stewart's bag, you are an old soul. Stewart's and Kinney's bags are the best bags in town. But the, when we could get them, but Stewart's and Kinney's bags, I'd have one of those bags and have all my receipts for a year, or they'd be electronically on my email, and then it would take a at least a solid day of going through all of them and figuring out what was what and where was this and was it a business expense and was it my apartment? Was it this? And then now it took forever and. Needless to say, I just got done my taxes for this final year because we had extensions and we had COVID and we all had everything. The, all the things. And that was terrible. And I told my accountant, I apologize. Next year will be better. Like, next year we'll have it done in January, trust me. And I'm like, that's that's it. That's what I need because now I don't think about it. And he goes, you can take a picture and throw your receipt out. And I'm like, you sure just about like this? That. Like, you sure about this? Because I have years of receipts just, like, stacked up. 
like that. I literally have a box up there that says estimated taxes. There's just there's bags like closed up with receipts like all stapled together or or paper clipped up there. Oh my goodness, no. I'm, I'm terrible. Not anymore. That's 2020 good. beyond. I'm a changed man. I'm going to have my taxes. My taxes are good. I pay my taxes. I pay my estimate. I'm like I know I'm not. I don't owe anything. I know I'm doing them correct I, correctly and ethically and honestly. But is it very organized? It's like organized chaos. I can figure it out. But it's not the, it's not, I shouldn't say it's efficient. It's not an efficient way. Now it will be. So I'm like, now I take Have a you used it? Oh yeah. You so have, now, I love it. Now the other thing I do is once a week, I, we already talked about it. My memory is terrible. So in my phone, I have reoccurring reminders every week, like mile IQ for my car to track my mileage. So I don't go to the end of the month and have 400 drives that I have to calculate. So every couple of days I do those every couple of days I do my QuickBooks every couple of days. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, tee, 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 tee. and then I get all the way done and I can't wait because next year I'm going to be sitting here like January 20th and be like, I'm all done my taxes I'm already. and I'm excited. I just saved myself multiple, multiple, multiple days and hours of, of just stress and just like, it's kind of like, do you watch the office? Um, no, I've been told I need to watch well, it. You've never seen it. Never. Oh my God. Am I missing Steph, out? Steph, we're probably going to end this right now. You've never seen the office. Never. Oh my God. I just, Okay. This is not even. Is that on sense. Netflix? Yes, Tiff. <laughs> do Do you watch Netflix ever? Um, rarely. Okay. I <laughs> when I say I don't watch TV, I don't really watch TV. I watch Netflix in the background. Is like The Office. Like if we put something on, it's The Office. It's like my Seinfeld. It's my like when our parents are like wherever we. I've watched up. Seinfeld. Yes, I, yes. Like or Friends. Like Friends. people, people watch these shows. So, the, so long story short, I I don't even. Okay, so whatever. It's not part of this because now it doesn't make sense because it was supposed to be the context of this the story and it's the scene and i don't ruined. know the scene it's ruined now i yeah. ruined it oh no so so don't well it was the idea that this guy michael scott steve carell uh-huh. plays him okay so he's just procrastinating all he has to do is fill out like expense reports and he just has to sign stuff and he spends the whole day procrastinating and then finally they have to like stay late to get this done that's how i feel when i have to do taxes like i have to do them i just don't want to do them because that's how it's I like feel when i'm doing bills the same way yeah and <laughs> are you still like do you do online bill- billing and direct deposit yes yeah we do that through um so, our accountant we just set up all of that this year which is really really amazing so for claire and carl's my dad is old school he still does like checks and i'm like i don't go to the bank to cash my checks i get my check i sign the back i leave it on the counter at my house and gina will go to the bank and cash checks that's like one thing that i don't want to do and I don't even want to take a picture of the check and electronically deposit it. Seriously? I, it's I, so Tiff, easy. I, I know it's easy. I'm the worst when it comes to about once a week, one morning a week, I will sit down for like an hour and a half and I will have to like pay invoices or bills because they don't have electronic billing. Like if someone bills me with like electronic billing, my garbage company bills me electronically. I love it. Click, ding, 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 done. Paid. Paid. Easy. Mm-hmm. Fast. Have all the receipts, order, time stamped, everything. Then I get like a paper bill. And I'm like, so it makes I gotta you write cringe. the check. Then I gotta put in my checkbook account or balance my checkbook. I do that. Do you it, really have that? Do you really write it in? You don't. You do not have a I, ledger. Oh yeah. You really fill it out. I do. I don't know. I, do I not. probably don't have to. No. I so I used to. I used to write it in the ledger and then write it on the back of the checkbook because this is what my dad taught me when I was a kid and I still do it. And I'm like, why do I write it three times? Because it doesn't really matter if this check. I don't really care what this check is because I'm gonna see it. It's gonna get deposited. I'll see who it's out to. It's the stupidest thing ever, but I do it. And again, not efficient. It's just things I got to get better at. But it's like you're just like stuck in that habit. 
My dad's still old school. Like he'll still give us like commission checks. Like I don't want to check. Like just deposit it in my account. I don't want to see the bills. I don't want to see checks. I don't want to have to sign in cash. And we're just wasting so many steps. Yeah, just so like so many steps. Just transfer everything electronically. The greatest invention, Venmo. Do you have Venmo? I do have Venmo. I actually just set Claire and Carl's up on Venmo. The um, greatest thing. Oh, that's smart. T-shirts for the winter. And would you do orders with Venmo? Um. I have to figure it all out. But yes, I actually just have the link right now. I would probably take orders on our Instagram account and our Facebook account for the t-shirts um, and for possibly gift cards to mail so, out. So just so you know, the taco, tr- is it called the taco truck? The Alecas truck? Like a food truck? Yeah, there's Alecas and there's a uh, taco truck too. Oh, I think it's a Alecas truck. So the other day we were doing this thing. It was at uh, Vesco's, the, uh, the vineyard. And... You take the like the QR code, the little black and white mm-hmm. thing, and you like hold your phone like Venmo. You can scan. Mm-hmm. It scans just brings it up, and you just type in your order and hit transfer. So I'm saying for you guys, it might be good because when I go to, do you guys take cards? No, it's cash, right? Cash only. Yeah. So when you go, the problem is I never carry cash. I'm the worst with cash. Like when I go to get my haircut, I put in my calendar the night before, like grab cash to tip my person. Like it's the way of the world now. Yeah, no one carries cash anymore. No, I, and I, I don't pay. I never pay with cash. I will go to the store and get a bottle of water, and I will put it on a credit card because I don't carry. I don't want to carry cash. I don't use a debit card. I just always store my credit card. I just pay it off every month, whatever. So, but Venmo is phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. If you go to eat, or but I'm saying for you guys, that'd be kind of cool because you can just and you don't have to deal with credit cards. It's just like oop, bill us, and then as soon as you'll get a confirmation, like went through. Okay, you're good. Yeah, I it's, actually, I'm, I'm doing some research. I legit set it up 48 hours ago. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to do some research on the best way. As of right now, though, we're going to stay old school. Yeah. We're going to stay with the cash right now. But I know I it's don't, a dying thing. But. And I don't know how it is with businesses because, like, if you go to Campus Corner, the cash, and it's like, oh, like the amount of times that we've gone in, we've been pretty lucky because they have an ATM there. Campus Corner is cash only? Cash only, yeah. Wow. Same thing. So if I, go, I know I'm going there for breakfast or whatever, I'll put in my phone, like, grab, like, you know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever, just to have on me. Um, there's plenty of times, depending on who I go and we're like, dude, one of us doesn't cash. So it's like the other one covers it. And it's, um, but it's tough because I don't carry cash. The other thing is real estate. People are like, I don't have a check. I don't have a checkbook. That's something, that's something we have to figure out as an industry, like how to get money. Like there almost Wires. should be a wired, like a wired into escrow accounts instead of saying, here's a check. Cause I'm like, Hey, drop a check off. I have so many clients, especially young kids, are like, I don't have a check. What yeah. do I do? We can go to the bank, get a certified check, but then it's just this extra process where, mm-hmm. like, could they just Venmo us an escrow deposit? There's a, a percentage or a payment when it comes to business that has to happen with Venmo. I don't know. Oh, the, I don't know the exact details on it, but yes, I was actually just part of a closing for a client's property in Westport, mm-hmm. and I was waiting because I had to wait because there's six partners of the LLC, and I had Ooh. to wait for all of the transfers to go yeah so that was one of those things where i that day i was sitting there and i was like there's got to be an easier way for this mm-hmm. you know like i don't that's, i don't know how, what or how well, but there's got to be that's one of the things like I, I mean i joke about myself being inefficient and there's times that like i look at that stuff like quickbooks i'm like, yep getting it like i'm anything that i can get more efficient i will that is something in, a, in the real estate industry. There's so many things that I'm like, listen, I can give you a list of what I think is inefficient, but it's not just us changing. It's like the industry changing. Like mm-hmm. again, the checks are there's, the, the, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that I think is inefficient. There's no reason closing should take eight weeks in real estate at an average. It's, it's a joke to me compared to most most places in the country are like four to five weeks max. Really? Um, so a lot of places close in three weeks. Financing, inspection, everything like three weeks done closing, and 
ours are super long. It, we it's, closed in five weeks on our house. That's fast. Yeah. Adam did a great job. Yeah, that's fast. And maybe that's like pulling strings, but a lot of it's title. Like if you have the title mm-hmm. done, if you have, if you can get through and you're diligent about getting paperwork in, you can go really quick on purchasing a home, but it's, there's, I still think a lot of inefficiencies mm-hmm. in the industry where it's like, cause it, I mean, you did real estate, like people start asking questions about real estate. When are we closing? What's going on? Why are we delayed at about week five, five to six? It's about eight week process. So I'd say about week, start of week six, it's like, do we have a closing date? When are we closing? And then usually it's, hey, waiting on the appraisal or the appraisal's mm-hmm. in the attorney's hands or we're waiting on, or in the lender's hands or we're waiting on title. And that's the same song and dance for about three weeks. And then finally it's like, you know, if it's delayed a little bit, now you got four weeks and it, I get it. Like people get pissed and it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like we're waiting on the same thing you're waiting on. But yeah. again, um, you know, being kind of on the front lines on that and they have more rapport with me than they would with the lender or with an attorney or with whoever. And it's like, you know, you hear a lot of the, like the, uh, the upsetness, upsetness, oh my God. Yeah. madness, upsetness. The, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just their frustration. Frustration. Good words. See, go. again, not good with words. words. It's the same. As it's we're doing a podcast. You know, underwriting. So. It becomes underwriting. So the bank has underwriters. Yes. Insurance industry has underwriters. Everything has to go through them. It's all, and it takes time. It's Is that in house for you? No. Underwriting. Okay. We have, we deal with like 50 different characters. Uh, our carriers, excuse me, direct carriers. They're probably all a bunch of characters, but yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, I mean, they're in the insurance industry, yeah. what do you expect? Um, they're all a little cuckoo. But we deal with them, and underwriting is the hardest process. It's mm-hmm. because, I mean, they're going through everything with a fine-tooth comb. So generally, in your industry, too, is if things are being held up, it's because there's something that's off. Yeah. It's something that was found, whether it's in your credit from before, whether it's a bill that's you know just wonky, or if something just doesn't line up the way it was supposed to with the initial information that was given. I mean, that's life. Things come up. But yeah, people start getting impatient and frustrated. And that's, again, us. When was the first time you heard the word wonky? You just said it. Um, I just said that. Oh. Which is fine. <laughs> the reason I say that, and the only reason that popped up is because I heard about that word probably about a year ago for the first time ever. Wonky. And it's just weird. It's like wonky. It's kind of off, weird. Yeah. Like that's all it means. I had never heard it before. The person said it. I'm like, what's what's wonky mean? And they're like, well, like weird or off. And these people weren't from the area. So it was like, oh, is it a regional thing? And as soon as I heard it, sure, you know, I hear it all the time now. People use, I use wonky now. People Do use you? wonky. Yeah, because now I'm like, okay. I, I feel this. like I've always used it. I'm like, I got this new word in my, my vocab. Um, and <laughs> But the thing is, like, people will say it. And it's just like, I hear it more and more and you just use it. So it's just like a little like, I don't know Side if you've note. always said it, but yeah. I've, okay. I hear fair enough all the time lately. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Never heard it before. Good. You no, good. And you, I know it's like, how you doing? Great. Good. And you <laughs> good. And you like, but seriously late. That's, that's one for me that every time it's like my, it pops off. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I was like, did this just come out of the woodworks? Fair enough is what it is. Like there's a lot of like little isms, but I don't know if there's a North Country isms, but wonky is just a weird word that I heard. And again, it was an out of town person that said it. So I was like, not from around here. This person is legit, like import. And I know there's a lot of people that use the term wonky. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it in multiple different phrases. It's, it's a very universal word, but usually it just means things aren't quite right. Right. They're a, a little, little out of whack. Like, like Claire and Carl's building is a little wonky. It's a little wonky. Yeah. But it's we deal fine. with it and it's got Michigan's and it's we good. have them buried and it's all great. It um, is great. The, uh, so what do we got? Okay. Um, the, I think that's, I mean, anything else that you want to talk about, Tiff? 
I just want to say you can shoot the breeze. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I just want to make sure I respect time because I don't want to take too much of time up. One thing I will say is I just want to like I want to give a huge shout out to all of our customers at Claire and Carl's this season. I really do. They're amazing. Sticking with you. Just sticking with us, being supportive, going through it, and a really big shout out to our staff. Yeah. You know, like I know who, whoever's listening, like it's hard to get a good staff. It's hard to keep a good staff. We're very blessed, and we have a lot of great supporters. And I mean, even with Northern too, all of my clients, all of everybody, just it's been a it's been a trying year, and yeah. everybody's been amazing. How has again two different industries? Have you been able to kind of regroup from COVID pretty well? Like especially the insurance industry, because you're probably talking a lot with, you know, whether people are hopefully nobody went out of business, but you know you have that, and then you obviously having a small business that opened l- later than they normally would have. Well, insurance is we were essential. So we were working on the front lines from the beginning of everything. And it was just calming people down. You yeah. know, it was really just being a, just being a partner for, again, being a teammate. And like sounding board. Right. Pretty much. But also, too, is helping them adjust their policies. Because something, I don't know, you may or may not know this, but liability is always rated on your sales or your payroll. And workers' okay. comp is your rates are rated on payroll. So it was one of those things is working with it, with individual clients to help them reduce the insurance costs when they weren't open, mm-hmm. but still making oh. them and just letting them know what was changing, whether or not you don't have to pay your insurance premium for three months. A lot of people didn't know they didn't have to pay their mortgage for three months. Yeah, you know, they the, it, yeah. Yeah, you, you, can, you have the ability. So I was, I was just really trying to be present with a lot of my clients so they weren't worried and instead of having them close, be able to prolong it and live off the, you know, the savings that they had to yeah. open their doors back up for the phases. But Claire and Carl's, I have to say, we were set up for takeout. So, I mean, I, a scary story real quick and, um, is Carrie and I left for Florida on March 10th. March 11th oh, wow. was my birthday and we woke up and the world changed. And we were not allowed to go anywhere. We had a beautiful house that we rented. We were going down to TPC Sawgrass Ooh, to see the, the players. Course? Really? Yeah, that was his Father's Day gift from the year before. So we were we were down there with Joey, and um, his parents came with us. And legit overnight, everything was canceled, and we had to fly back on March seventeenth. So you never saw the tournament. It was canceled. Everything we went for got canceled. Oh, so I we came back oh. to. All of these people posting on everything on social media about how there was no toilet paper, how there's this and that. So, of course, we fly in and Carrie goes to the grocery store immediately. That's just a side note. We were in Florida when all this took place. That's crazy. So it was very crazy. Are, are you a golf fan or is that? I, I am. Yeah. Well, Carrie and I have been together for 17 years. So he plays a lot of golf. He, yeah. He's a golfer. Actually. TBC Sawgrass is great. Yeah. I think he's probably out on the course right now. He, he only worked a split today. So Good for him. So he's probably getting out there. But. I mean, Claire and Carl's was set up and just, it's set up for it. And everybody was just so respectful. Yeah. You know, and they really, they were patient with our our staff and our girls. Like, it's a grind. 11 yeah. to 7 every day, running around a parking lot. And we were just, well, we're I know, really lucky to have them. Yeah. Like, I know Steph. And Steph, like, you know, like, I mean, I, it's funny because I'll drive by and, like, honk the horn and I'll see her and stuff. And they're just like, yeah, they're busy. Yeah. And people are just. And Rachel's amazing. She's been, she's. She's the OG there, Rachel Dana. She's been there for a while. Yeah, she's been there for nine years, and she, wow. you know, she has a career, but she still works when she can, and yeah, because it's it's really it's a lifestyle, it's a way of life, it's a family. Well, I think I think a lot of people that work in those businesses they stay for so long because it, and you see a lot with waitstaff, they'll have a second career and they'll keep coming back for a couple of shifts because like you have, like I see that like uh, Campus Corner, I've seen that at other places, yeah. especially local places. Yeah. Like I know these people, and like I come back for a little bit. It's not even like. 
for the money or anything. Like I just like seeing the people and I don't want to fully check out. I don't want right. to have, I don't have 40 hours, but like I want to have 10 hours a week where I just can still be involved. Exactly. And, um, no, that's, that's, I think that's the best thing to come out of this. I, I, Cause I think COVID brought out the worst in some people, but the best in a lot of people. And it's yeah. kind of nice to see, especially the people that were not thinking the sky was falling, that people were just like, okay, it is what it is. It's kind of like we said, it's like change happens. You're dealt with different cards. How do you react to it? And it's, um, that's what, the, when, when it all happened, the best thing about it was I was able to completely take time off and I, you know, we did what we could do. And it was a lot of just talking to clients and just kind of re like we saw people that were pending and they're mm -hmm. still closing and it was a lot of informational stuff more than mm -hmm. transactional. But I got to see my kids every morning for breakfast. I ate lunch every day. We went for a walk almost every day. We went for a drive just to get out of the house every day. And it was like, it was so much fun. And I think it was a blessing because of, it was only like three or four months, but you're talking, my son had just turned two. So between two and about two and a half, my daughter's first birthday happened in May during the whole thing. And it was just so fun. And it still is, but I found that I've recalibrated a lot. Not that I wasn't. I usually, it's like I work and I do like my kids and, yeah. and like Gene and my kids. Like I have like two lives. That's, I mean, two lives in the sense like all I do. I don't really have a lot of free time. I'm not doing all this other stuff that we did before kids. It's right. like you work and you go home and you hang out with the family. So for me, it really just was like, okay, balance out the family and work a little bit more. Don't stress as much about the, the work. Don't be as, I'm always like a go, go, go person. Like. Okay, it doesn't have to be done. Like you don't have to cram it all in this year. Like allow, like we can stretch out plans or goals a little bit longer. Right. Knowing that, hey, I want to maybe not pack my schedule as much. Podcasts. I'll be honest. Up until COVID, majority of my podcasts started at four, five, six, or seven at night, depending on schedule. So I'd be like, hey, Tiff, do you want to do a podcast? We'd be like, hey, can you show up at like six o'clock at night? We do right. six to eight. I would run home, hang out with the kids for a little bit, put them in the bed. And, and then I'm like, you know what? Because I had a full day ahead of time. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing that. You I'm can't. going to, I'm going to put this middle of the day. I'll have mm -hmm. a couple showings after whatever. I'll be home tonight, probably 630 at the latest. And again, I'll eat dinner. I'll like yeah. you know, hang out with the kids, do, do the bedtime the stuff. And it's, but it allowed me to kind of readjust and really almost get spoiled till like that became the new norm. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm working, but I'm still really trying to focus mm -hmm. on that extra time. And that's, it kind of came at a really good time for me because things were getting like chaotic and actually Gina, Gina was pregnant before quarantine. So if you track it back, it wasn't a quarantine baby, it was planned. But the, uh, um, like going through all that and just knowing like, and really just kind of hanging out with the kids and spending more time with Gina and like, we had a blast. Like you were like, it was almost like you're camping out with your family. I loved it. it I was, absolutely yeah. loved it. it. It made, it forced a lot of people to, what you said is like recalibrate everything yeah. and what was super important i have to say the funniest part of it was like i said i was essential so i was zooming meeting yeah probably three to four or five times a day yeah phone calls and there was one time and i was on a zoom meeting and joey's climbing up oh, me yeah. i looked probably like i didn't sleep but i had to do the meeting she's crying my dog's choking on a bone and i was like nothing productive is happening right now i'll call you guys back after <laughs> like i think that's and that's what people, I think, found life. is, yeah, it's like you, and I, what, the, one of the coolest things ever, like, that I enjoyed was when you saw, like, newscasters. You saw people doing stuff from their house, and, like, you'd see, mm -hmm. like, someone walk around across the background, and you see, like, a dog, or you see, like, a little kid. And, like, I loved it because you, you humanize the people. Exactly. And when you see all these people that are, you know, 
done with makeup and everything else and they're at the house and now they're like sitting there like crouching on the floor because their computer's on the couch and like I did all my Zoom meetings like on top of Gina's dresser because my dresser's higher, hers is a little bit lower. That was my desk. It was a standing desk and my, my bedroom was my office because the only room in the house that I could shut the door and wasn't comfortable and I would bring in a dining room chair and I would sit like with awful posture because I was working on the edge of my bed. There's nowhere to sit. My back was killing me. I had coffee because I had to charge my computer. I couldn't charge it standing up. So it was like I was doing this back and forth thing. All of the things. But it was great. And uh, like I said, for whatever reason, people said, like, if you're not divorced after quarantine, I think me and Gina, like, it, if nothing else, it, like, brought us closer because there was times we could just, like, relax and hang out. And, you know, you miss when you have kids. Life gets crazy. You don't get to spend as much time one-on-one with your spouse. And you yep. do, but it's with someone else. And if you want to go to dinner, you don't do dinner. You get takeout and you hang out the house and yep. you feed the kids and they're screaming. It's, like, it's awesome. But it's nice that she just like, it was kind of nice, like you could hang out with Slow Gina. down. So yeah, like you and Carrie, I'm sure got many nights where you just could like relax and not stress and like we don't have to do oh, anything. No, we don't have to go what anywhere. He's, done, he's working. He worked the whole thing. Oh, did he? Oh, we were open from, I mean, we got home oh, really? from Florida and we opened immediately. Wait, were they doing, t- oh yeah, takeout. I guess they were takeout. We, we kind were of... set up. We, our season was not affected. Oh, that's great. So then. that's why I'm saying. I don't like, think I knew that, like, because some places were and some places weren't. So, right. okay. So he was. Yeah. McSweeney's was up and running the whole time too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. It was, it was just, he's been grinding generally like nine in the morning till eight or nine at night. He's, yeah. cause he's the guy in the kitchen. He's the guy it's, behind the hot dogs. Yeah. And I think as you talk about like small business, just labor of love. It's like. Labor of love. Yeah. You yeah. have to do it. Yeah, and that's that's what I like about the North Country too. There's just a lot of like good small businesses around here. That honestly, with like COVID, that's why I'm like, you know, you owning business, like me being involved here. It's like you know, there's a lot more behind the scenes work than you ever know. And I think people yeah. that own businesses, you don't know the like late hours, the early mornings, the extras. Like, oh, you're selling real estate. I'm like, yeah, but then you're taking out the trash and you're figuring out, you're ordering stuff, and then you're just like things fall apart and you're the one at the, you know, the last line of defense. And then it's, yeah, the hot dogs aren't boiled enough and you're boiling them, you know, however it is. All the things. All right. Well, Tiff, we'll end there. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. This was great. Um, I think we'll see you a little bit at North Country Connections because we're, which I'm pumped about because we're like, we both like talking to people Uh and the fact that I couldn't go out and socialize with, again, just talked about love my family, love my kids, but I also love talking to other people. Right. It, I'm, I'm like I'm like ready to go. Like we yeah. show up and I just see people. I'm like this is great. I can say hi to people and it won't feel weird. So I'm excited. Um, Me too. Now, I look forward to seeing you there. So if you need Tiff, how can they reach you? This is for insurance and also Claire and Carl's. Tell um, them where it is. Location. Um, Claire and Carl's is four two nine seven State Route nine South. It's um actually on the border of Peru, but still considered Plattsburgh. You can't miss the building. It looks like it's falling. Northern Insuring is located at one seventy one Margaret Street. The best way to reach me is just by myself or either five one eight five three four two four eight zero. There we go. Um, that is it. Episode eighty five with Tiffany Garcia. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.